songs like thank you to Myra Green for her music about composition passing places. You can find out more about Myra Green and her music at myragreen.com or pop on to my own website bonnytours.com and follow her story from there. Hello and welcome to episode 55 of Passing Places. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. And if you're new to the podcast, it's my diaries of my travels around Scotland, mainly by motorhome. But in more recent times, I've been out hill walking and I'm thinking of getting back on my bicycle. So the last uh, 10 days or so since the last episode, the weather has finally began to desert us. We've had probably most of the weeks been great and then the last couple of days we've got low pressure coming in from the south and unsettled weather and some rain. So I've been making the the most of every day, getting out and continuing with my step programme and getting some fitness. And I think in this week's episode I'll cover the fact that I've been up in Edsel at Glenesk for the weekend, last weekend. And I've been out in the Rob Roy Way after mentioning the Scottish Trails last uh, week in the podcast. I've been out on the Rob Roy Way and I've got a tiny little bit of audio. I didn't want to starve you completely of the Carn Valley, but I've been out in the Carn Valley most days or many days in the last uh, week or so. And I've got a little bit of audio, just the, the final piece from the Carn Valley. Before we get into all of that, I wanted to give a few quick shout outs. This week I've been getting emails, which is good. Uh, I haven't had uh, emails or many emails uh, recently, but I've got one from Ian. Not sure where Ian is, somewhere abroad, but he had 10 days in uh, Scotland last year and he's discovered the, the podcast. And last summer he was in a camper van and he travelled up, I think, from Peterborough, up the east side of the country, all the way up to John O'Groats and then over to the west, over to the island of Skye and... I think he took in probably Fort William and Glen Nevis, Ben Nevis, and came down through Loch Lomond and then explored the south of Scotland and he had a great time. I think he was with his girlfriend, I think he said in his email, in a camper van. And he's now addicted to the podcast. So that's a a good story and a good outcome for me. And uh, I hope you keep listening, Ian. And thanks for getting in touch by email. That was really enjoyable. And also Ron Crawford, who lives in Findhorn, if you know where Findhorn is. Findhorn is up on the Murray Coast. And the Murray Coast is one of these places that uh, they just seem to be really lucky with the Northern Lights. We've had lots of uh, sightings of the Northern Lights in recent months, and often it's the Murray Coast where people get really good sightings. But Ron has discovered the podcast, and he was thanking me for mentioning the... If you remember the episode on Loch Ness, where I talked about Steve Felton, the Nessie hunter... And the fact that he'd left, he had this vision when he was young, he left England to become a full-time Nessie hunter. And the documentary is on YouTube. I think it's called, uh, is it Desperately Seeking Nessie? So if you go onto YouTube, if you haven't seen that video, it really is, it really is good. And the chap's still there. And I think Ron and uh, his wife, is it Maureen? I've got that right too. I should have made notes of these things had uh, gone down to... To Doors, the, the Steve's vans at Doors, just on the on the east side of Loch Ness, near the top. But uh, Steve Felton wasn't there. But I think they then went further down that quiet side. I've mentioned before the quiet side of Loch Ness, and they headed down the road to towards Foyers, 
and there's some woodland down there in Verfarigeg woodland and they've gone for a walk down there so lots of good places to explore I think around Loch Ness particularly as I say on the quiet side away from the main E82 road and then finally Ron mentioned geocaching and in one of my kitchen cupboards here I've got a whole pile of bits and pieces for geocaching some content to put in geocaches so I'll need to do an episode in geocaching uh, Ron was asking me if I knew anything about it or had tried it out so if you don't know what geocaching is we'll cover it in an episode it's a good idea for a podcast but in essence it's a bit like treasure hunting people place little usually Tupperware type containers with a little log in it for you to log your discovery of the, the cache and you put little things in there that people can swap and you get various other parts of the hobby like coins can't remember what you call them that can be moved from one cache to the next so if I had a little cache and uh, I put a coin in I could have instructions I want the coin to travel as far as possible or to reach America and it's up to each person who discovers the cache to take it and leave it in another cache when they discover another one and hence certain content of the cache gets moved and can travel vast distances you can go online and these little coins have a number, a unique number and in the geocaching world you can type in the number and find out the story and where it's travelled from so we'll do geocaching, it's a great idea for an episode There's a, I used to have the geocaching app on my phone and Caitlin and I spent quite a bit of time geocaching we've got some really good geocaches in our local woodland so thanks for that idea Ron and we'll do a little bit of geocaching in the coming weeks and uh, he also sent me a picture of his dogs I think they're the Yorkies two little terriers on the banks of Loch Shin Loch Shin is one of these big uh, freshwater lochs up at Lairg and I maybe mentioned the podcast before I used to fish the Kyle of Sutherland which comes in at uh, Boner Bridge and the Kyle is fed by the the River Shin, which comes out of Loch Shin, obviously, and the River Carn and a few other great salmon rivers. And I used to fish for salmon there, so there was also a good day. Uh, the Falls of Shin, there's a good salmon leap there. I think they've upgraded that whole facility now in terms of the cafe uh, and car park and things. So it's another uh, favourite haunt of mine when I lived up in the, the Tain, uh, east, east of Ross is where I used to live. So it was uh, really good of you to get in touch, Ron, and I hope you enjoy the podcast and uh, keep in touch. And also, if you remember, I was talking about Ilya um, Oblomov in the last podcast, and uh, her real name is actually Susanna. And I think when I checked out online, I believe Ilya Oblomov is a character in a Russian novel. And if you want to check that story out, go on and look up Wikipedia, which is what I did. But uh, Susanna enjoyed her holiday in Shetland. And I wanted to thank her for putting the content on the Facebook page. Sorry, the Facebook group. And both she and her husband managed to travel around Shetland on public transport. That'd be a really interesting way to do it. So thanks for all your updates and uh, I hope you're back in Scotland one day soon. And then also uh, I wanted in terms of Facebook to just mention Ian Gillespie for two reasons. One, I ended up in Edsel and I know Ian comes from the Edsel area. I was up there unexpectedly at the weekend and Ian's been on the Passing Places podcast group saying that he's away in his camper van, he's away up north in the Highlands and he's it's always great to have a topic to maybe inform your journey. I sometimes do that, I'll have an idea for a, 
a topic and I'll maybe use that as a way to decide where I'll go. You know, perhaps it's beaches or churches or something. So Ian's a way to look at uh, hydroelectric dams and schemes in the Highlands uh, in his camper van. So uh, he has said he'll leave some content on the Passing Places podcast group and some photographs. And I've also talked to Ian before about him coming on the podcast. So that's a perfect uh, piece of content. We'll get him on to the podcast if he's willing in the next few weeks. And he can tell us all about his current adventures in the Highlands this week. I hope the, the weather holds up for him the next few days. And just on that vein, I also wanted to, to mention Tom Herrell. Tom Herrell, who has been travelling around in his van as well. And he's been posting photographs and content from the, the West Coast. He was over at uh, Apple Cross. And if you remember, I think I mentioned the Bilak before. Bilak Naba, the big high mountain pass that goes over and then drops down into Apple Cross. And I've been over there on my uh, motorbike as well as my uh, in my car, but I think I think Tom said he'd done it on his bicycle, which puts me to shame. It's about, as I say, two thousand feet. Spectacular hairpin bends, and uh, it's a really famous road, one of the highest roads in Scotland. So, if you ever get the chance, take the Bealach over to Apple Cross. And then he'd also posted pictures of the uh, Kintail and Sky and Loch Carn. So, thanks very much for that, Tom. And apologies if I've missed anybody out on the Facebook group. I know, uh, is it Sylvia? I'm not sure how you, how you say that, Sylvia. But uh, you're always uh, dropping in little comments, particularly around the local area where I am spending most of my time now because you know places like the, the waterfalls at the Loop of Fintry. So thanks for contributing to the group. And then finally, just uh, yesterday, the day before, I'd, I'd uploaded a little video of Skid onto the Passing Places podcast group and then I realised that I've, I often get requests to put the video on Facebook not on Facebook, on YouTube because there's a couple of videos of Skid as a pup and people ask for an update so I put it on I think yesterday and within hours I got a, a comment on, on YouTube saying it was from Joseph Davies saying that he was really happy to finally get an update on Skid it, uh, it's nearly four years since I put the original video up, so he was really pleased to see an update on Skid, and uh, he loves Jack Russell's, so that was good. So that's the updates. Sorry that took a bit of time, and uh, let's get into what I've been doing over the last week or two. Staying primarily locally, although I did get away for a weekend up to Edsel, I'll tell you that about Edsel in due course, and uh, the main things I've been doing, I was out on the Rob Roy Way, some great weather, and I've got some audio, just I think three or four bits that I'll play almost back to back, and you can get an idea of my day out on the, the Rob Roy Way, just uh, north of Drimmon. Well today's following the same pattern as the last couple of weeks, getting up in the morning to quite a Certainly today, a deep fog. And then as the sun gets up, the temperature rises, it just lifts. Sometimes just over five or ten minutes, the visibility goes from a few hundred yards to miles. It's a bit like a, almost like a movie starting. So we're just heading out of the village. Picked up a few supplies. We're actually sorted today. We've got the day pack and we've got some supplies. Skid is super excited because we're just heading out the door and first five minutes he'll be whining about 
just uh, the excitement of getting out. As we're driving down this road, we're going out to the main road, it's not really a busy road, but we're heading out towards the main road. The fog is just beginning to, to lift. So I'm expecting as we're heading west towards Loch Lomond side, that, in that direction, that all of a sudden the visibility will just open up in front of us. And after the ramble on last week's episode about long distance footpaths, I mentioned the Rob Roy Way and I was continually distracted by Skid, like I am now. I thought we'd go out and do a little bit of the, the Rob Roy Way. I've, I haven't walked the section from the first day's walk section, which is driven to Aberfoyle, so we're going to uh, do a little bit of that today and wander off it as well, I think. We'll pick it up just outside, a few miles outside Drimmon. And there's a, something I want to go and look at which I'll bring to your attention when we get there. And once we've looked at that, and we'll head off into the woods as well and then we'll come back. I'm thinking anything from 5 or 6 miles to 7 or 8 miles, depending on which version we do. We'll just see what the terrain looks like and the weather's like and what takes our fancy. We're certainly all prepared today, and today's got to be a decent walk in terms of distance. I only did like four or five thousand steps yesterday, so today's got to be nearer fifteen, or maybe even as much as twenty, just to get a two or three days a week, do some reasonable walking, and then a week or two from now, I'm going to start doing some hill walking. Start to put some aerobic fitness into the equation. So, Skid is he's got this habit now of he's in the footwell of the passenger seat and he's got his paws on the passenger seat crossed he's got his front paws crossed and he's looking at me and he's just whinging Skid that's enough can't uh, show any enthusiasm in your voice at all if you ask him a question or mention any of the, the trigger words. He just goes nuts. But once he realises the drive isn't to one of the local haunts, like a five minute thing, you think, well I better just take it easy then for ten minutes and he'll settle down. And then as we get nearer where we're going, he, he'll notice the indicators are on and the car's going slow, he'll start to Again. No, we're not going where you think we're going, skinny boy, so I'll just settle down. So I hope the, the sound of the car wasn't too distracting. I've uh, toned it down a little bit in the post-production uh, software I use, but uh, it still can be quite annoying, I think, if you're listening in earphones or earbuds. And here's a little bit of audio from the, the actual start of the Rob Roy Way. Well, we're out on the Rob Roy Way. We've just parked up in the car park, just off the old Drimmon Road, maybe three and a half miles outside Drimmon. And it's a Forestry Commission car park. You immediately come out of the car park, cross the single track road, which is at that point still Route 7. I forgot to mention the Sustrans cycle paths that are crisscrossed all over Scotland now, but that route starts down in England in Carlisle, not in Carlisle, in Sunderland comes over from Sunderland on the east coast to Carlisle on the west 
and then heads up uh, up through Ayrshire from memory and into Glasgow and then up to Drimmon and it doesn't follow the Rob Roy Way just now but it does pick up the Rob Roy Way again and more or less follows the same route up through uh, Loch Lubnick where I was uh, the week before last or last weekend or whenever and then on up through Glen Ogle to Cullin and then up the side Loch Tay and onwards to Pitlochry as does the Rob Roy Way and then on to Inverness so yeah we've got some fantastic cycle routes which you can add in some of these walking routes as well sometimes the surface like uh, today is good for cycling as well but I was surprised in the car park there were two or three cars and the minibus there was a school party and when I came out I thought I'll get ahead of them and I got stopped by a couple of woodpeckers who were watching woodpeckers on Sunday and the Forestry Commission here there's a bit of cleared land and they leave behind some dead trees just one every so often it's almost like a perching post and for me the most valuable tree in a forest really is a dead one it really does attract a lot of diversity biodiversity in terms of insects and things and I was just admiring the holes the woodpecker had made on this uh, big tree when the woodpecker came round the corner and as I got my camera out it flew on so we've been hanging around listening for woodpeckers and the school kids have caught us up and passed us by so I'm in no rush to continue the walk until I give them a bit of a buffer at least uh, 10 minutes ahead of me but uh, great view from this point as well I'm looking out north to the hills above Calendar and there's a bit of a haze still to lift Lots of little flocks of finches flying around as well. I think they gather up and flock together in the autumn time. You probably hear them. And uh, oops, I've got a skid in the lead. I had them on the lead for these people passing. I'll just let them off again. Sit. Good boy. Stay there. Right, let me go. So we'll head on a little bit. Walk nice and slow to begin with. And uh, see if I can get a picture of a woodpecker. So I was going to tell you all about the aqueduct and the whole engineering works involved in providing the fresh water supply to Glasgow. And then I thought maybe it's a bit too geeky for people, so I've just left this little bit in about the Corrie Aqueduct and if you want to know more there's loads of information online about the uh, Loch Katrin water supply and how it transformed Glasgow. Well you join us, we're still in the Rob Roy Way and we're standing at the, I say we, it's just Skid and I, we're at the Corrie Aqueduct which was one of the things I came to see. It's the largest aqueduct on the, the whole engineering system that became the water supply for Glasgow from Loch Katrin. And when they came to plan this in the 1800s, they, they, they set on using Loch Katrin because they realised it was only a metre and a half they'd have to raise the water level in Loch Katrin. And then with a very, very slight gradient, can't remember the number, but less than one in a thousand, 
if they ran tunnels and uh, in this case an aqueduct they would be able to gravity feed the entire city with water and this aqueduct is you know what the sandstone blocks are like they use on the railway viaducts and railway bridges it's like that with a, a metal trough on top stonework maybe 20 feet tall and then the actual trough that's carrying the water is maybe seven or eight feet tall and it's still working today which is amazing it's uh, maybe get you a few figures when I get back to base in terms of the statistics it's been upgraded a number of times and in doing that they've had to carry out similar works on uh, Loch Venneker and Loch Arklet just to manage the overall water flows within the trussocks and uh, given the current regulations around water purity there's now a treatment plant near Loch Catron I think and another one down the reservoir that receives this water down at uh, where is it down near Muckdock Wood the reservoir down there at Mulgai is it Muckdock Reservoir probably so that's where we're at just uh, looking at the aqueduct another party school kids passed us so been busy for me meeting people today and uh, we're just going to head further along the track there's a couple of options we're going to head off into the conifer plantations I think in another mile or two rather than staying on the um, Rob Roy way what we'll do is we'll, we'll take a, a left and bring ourselves around in a big loop and follow a completely different way back through the forest that's the, the thought anyway so we'll need to think about stopping for lunch at some point but this is no I'm not going to mention the weather or how good September's been and uh, I'll speak to you soon and then this is the final section of the day on the Rob Roy Way when uh, the end of a, a fantastic day and uh, very tired well we're back on the Rob Roy Way and we're only a couple of minutes from the car and we did go off the path and head into the, the forest which is quite good some of it but there's a major electricity line goes through that part of the world and there's a lot of construction traffic they're either putting in a new uh, pylon line or they're upgrading the one that's there so couple of lorries and cars on the forest tracks maybe one every 20 minutes or so when the dog's off the lead it's you got to shout the dog and hold on to him so that wasn't ideal but we're back on the Rob Roy way which is pedestrian or cyclist pedestrian horses that type of thing only and it's uh, quiet just coming back to the car park and the little pedometer says 20,000 steps which is just under guess just under 10 miles but we've been out for five hours so <laughs> we've not really been walking as such two miles an hour I've been spending so many times just marrying the view and having lunch and having a look around just a fantastic day and uh, I'm tired it's a little bit further than I am used to recently anyway if you're out doing long distance footpaths, you're, the more like, 
you know, competitive walkers are doing 20 miles a day, so 10 miles is in the morning, they do a little bit over 3 miles an hour. Well, the breakfast head off at 9 and they're back for lunchtime. Oh, sorry, they're stop at lunch and then they've got another session in the afternoon. But 10 miles to date, I'm not allowed to talk about the weather, but it's been like a summer's day. Been uh, surrounded by butterflies and moths last week in September. I don't know if that's normal. So I've got a couple of pictures of uh, butterflies and Skiddle sleep tonight. Let's hope he's got no ticks today. But uh, well, I'm glad to see the car. Absolutely fantastic. Well, I don't think you can beat that. Still glorious. It's what time is it now? Five to four in the afternoon. Perfect time for a barbecue or something. Just a perfect temperature. I say 60 degrees, you'll start laughing if you're from the States or you're in Australia, but this is perfect. Little breeze, no midges. But uh, blue sky. Anyway, I'm going to give the dog another drink. Carted this bottle of water round for him for the whole day. He turned his nose up at it the whole time. He prefers to catch little sips of water in streams and things, but he ends up drinking up puddles. Which isn't ideal, but anyway, better stop moaning about the dog, he's a good laugh, he's perfect company. So, I'm going to uh, sign off now before I fall over, and uh, speak to you soon. So I can certainly recommend the Rob Roy Way if you're interested in getting out and about, and there's various options to, you know, come off the path and make your own route. But uh, it was really, really good, and I'll certainly be back up in that direction in the, the coming weeks, even if it's just to get my steps in. So we'd planned that the weekend that's just gone, uh, sister Katie and brother-in-law Dermot, as you know, we often all go away together, and we'd planned to, I say planned, we talked about going over to Fife and maybe doing some walking on the coastal path. So the top candidate was Crail, or maybe back to... Anstruther or Einster as some of the locals call it and on Saturday I was down in Glasgow picking, picking Caitlin up and I was travelling back and by then we were still at the planning stages as we were heading to Fife but we couldn't get in, no room at the inn, we couldn't get into Crail or Anstruther and we decided instead to return to Edsel and um, Glenesk. I think I've covered that earlier in previous podcasts, It's a, Edsel is a Quite a picturesque little village, just uh, I think it's just north of Brecon, off the main road between Dundee and Aberdeen. And Glenesk is a it's a very sort of lived-in, run-down sort of campsite, but we like it because it's a woodland setting and there's a a duck pond and it's it's very relaxing. It's not all manicured lawns and um, almost a bit too sterile like some of these sites are. It's, uh, it's quite a nice place to chill out and uh, have a barbecue and things. And we'd, we'd thought we wanted a walk, and the only thing I could come up with is perhaps walking up the road. The road goes up, I think, about 15 miles or so up to, is it, is it Ben Keen or Mount Keen? 
anyway, there's a Monroe mountain up there and we were thinking maybe we could walk up the glen a bit. But instead we decided to walk from the campsite down to Edsel itself and sit outside and have a drink at the the pub there. So that's what we did. And on the way back, I remembered that when I'd looked at the walking options, it was an option to walk up through the woodland. And that was a real find. I'm sure Ian Gillespie will know all about the the river at uh, Glen Esker, but what a fantastic river with uh, most amazing geology, really deep um, rock pools and waterfalls and uh, cliff edges and things. A fantastic, or would have been in its day, a fantastic salmon river and a lovely woodland walk through mixed woodland with the occasional bench to sit down and take uh, take in the views and things. It was just a fantastic woodland walk, which was, I think, from the campsite down to the roads, probably a mile and a half or so. Maybe another mile or so at the most into the, the village. But when we added it all up, we got, uh, from those two numbers, we got six miles. It was probably somewhere between four and a half and, and five. But it was a, a great walk down and a great walk back. And we had a barbecue. And I think on the... That would have been the Saturday, and on the Sunday I've got a little bit of audio here for you um, that uh, I took while we were feeding the ducks. Will you join us at the campsite in Glen Esk? We're here for the weekend, probably the last good weather weekend and this uh, spell that we've had. And we've just had breakfast and we're feeding the, the ducks. There's a nice little duck pond here. But yesterday we were down in Edsel village, we took a walk, it's probably two and a half miles down to the village. And we walked down the road, but on the way back we came up the glen through the, the woodland by the river. And it's a fantastic river, full of really spectacular rock pools and some waterfalls. Looked like a really good salmon river in its day. And the woodland is really uh, lovely walks with some nice park benches so much much more enjoyable than walking on the single track road so as I say it's probably the end of the good weather spell the weather next week is supposed to break down and we're looking at unsettled weather windy wet weather so it's been a fantastic four weeks or so and uh, maybe that's finally the end of the summer but we still get the autumn leaves to look forward to looking round here, there's a lot of silver birch growing around the, the duck pond and they're only just beginning to turn but we haven't yet seen the autumn colours and we hear the couple of cars going by there on the road but, uh, Caitlin's feeding the ducks but she's in reverse because the ducks are coming onto the, the bank here and following her and she's walking backwards so What, 15 or 20 ducks? So we need to make sure the van is properly uh, decommissioned, make sure that the wastewater tank and everything is empty. 
just in case the van lies for a few weeks or a few months and if there's any frost you don't want the any water in the pipes creating a, a situation where you end up with a burst pipe or a burst water tank so we'll sign off here we'll finish feeding the ducks and then we'll get off we'll speak to you soon So I could certainly recommend the, the campsite at Edsel and a walk down through the woodland. Take the take the woodland walk from the campsite and walk into the village for some shopping or a meal or a drink and then walk back if the weather's reasonable. It's also a pretty good place for cycling. There are there's a bit of traffic on that road even though it's a dead end because it's so long. There must be various houses located up the glen, but you could certainly cycle up there. It'd be a good way to get some miles in. Or go and climb uh, Ben Keen. So that's the that was the weekend in Edsel and it was the, the weekend the weather was due to break. Um so I've come back. I'm back in the bricks and mortar and I was out in the Carn Valley back at my regular haunt to clock up the miles with a few friends just the other day. But on the way back I was reminded of uh, Andrew Warnock mentioned on the Passing Paces Passing Places podcast group the Loop of Fintry waterfalls, which I'd never actually visited before. And because we were out and we got uh, a good soaking on the the, the walk on the, in the morning, I thought there'd probably be some water in the, the river, in the River Endrick, and it'd be worth going along to the, the waterfalls at uh, the Loop of Fintry. So here's a little bit of audio as I walk down towards the, the waterfall. Well, you join Skid and I, we're just about to walk down to the Loop of Fintry, which is a local waterfall, and Loop is spelled L-O-U-P, and I'm indebted to Andrew Warnock, one of my listeners, he mentioned that this waterfall has been a nice walk. So today we've already been out, we've finished an eight, nine mile walk in the Carn Valley, our little training ground down there, and the weather has turned, we've had four or five weeks of great, fantastic sunny weather. And then overnight we had some rain and during the last three or four hours when I've been out walking I've been drenched umpteen times so I'm standing here dripping wet. But the whole day has brightened up, sun's threatening to come out and we're just going to walk down this quarter mile track from the road to the waterfall. You can probably hear a machinery in the background, that's the Forestry Commission or felling trees on the opposite side of the valley and the, the sound is coming over quite readily and this path it looks quite good but it's we're walking through bracken either side up to shoulder height almost so we'll both come out probably with a pile of ticks if you remember the conversation about the bracken and the ticks uh, I'm only joking but I'm going to walk down this path the thing about the bracken is, is absolutely soaking so as I'm walking past it and brushing against it my uh, shoulders and my jumper's getting wet. Skid's absolutely soaked already. I had to duck him in the the pool back there at the car park. He was filthy when he came off the hill. So he's not that keen on being put in the water, but gets most of the mud off him. So you can hear that machinery getting louder as I try and negotiate this path. 
That's the bracken hitting my legs and spraying them with water. No sound of the waterfall yet. Didn't look far from the road. Nothing worse than being wet after a, a long walk. My trousers are wet, my feet are wet. What a difference a few days make, eh? All that glorious dry weather now, we're wandering through mud. Beginning to hear some water now, I think. Last of the midges. Gosh, the bracken's right up to head height here. Aeroplane flying overhead. Oh, my goodness. That is impressive. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's good. We're maybe 50, 100 feet above the waterfall and it is spectacular. I wasn't expecting that at all. The river comes down onto the, the first uh, drop and then there's a second drop and then a third drop and then a fourth drop. So it's like a cascade of waterfalls. I need to take a small video. I was convinced that was an aeroplane flying over the top of me. So we're not going to go any nearer than here. Uh, I imagine there's a way down there, but it's, it's quite a way down. What a spectacular waterfall. Never even knew it was here. The Loop of Fintry. I think it's the Endrick. And I'm, we're just a bit further south than the south. We're a bit further west than the Carn Valley Reservoir. And I've got a feeling that the, the river here doesn't have quite the volume it used to have before they put the reservoir in. Maybe wrong, but it might have been uh, more impressive even before the reservoir went in. But with some water in it, definitely looking good. And if you came here, I guess in the winter when there's been, you know, a lot of rainfall and the hills are saturated, then I can imagine there'd been even more water. But it's looking pretty good just now. Uh, very brown, the water coming off the top of the waterfall and everywhere you look we've got uh, bracken up to our shoulders in places and a lot of flies flying around looks like final hatch of flies right I bet you this sounds dreadful on the microphones I'll just turn uh, turn my back on the sound I've got the microphones uh, in near my chest with the waterfall behind me that's maybe better but that's spectacular. I'm going to take a, a short video and I'll put it on the Facebook page if you want a quick look. And, uh, once we've done that, we'll get back home, get the podcast out today. But uh, again, thank you very much, Andrew, for that little tip. I'll definitely come back here again. In fact, some rocks here. I'm wondering whether we could sit down and have something to eat. But I'm desperately need some dry clothes. Anyway. I'll leave you there and I'll speak to you soon.
So yeah, that turned out to be a real find. I really, really enjoyed that. It was a surprise to me, the scale of the waterfalls. I wasn't expecting it to be in like as, as high and to have that many levels to it. And with a decent amount of water in it, it was it was quite a, a sight to, to come across from just, you literally just arrive on top of it. And I'll maybe go back again when there's even more water in the river. I've put a little video of the the Loop of Fintry Waterfall on the Passing Places podcast group on Facebook if you want to get an idea of what it's like. So that's that's what I've been up to over the last um, week or 10 days or so. And I'm in a dilemma now as to whether to continue to insure my van over the winter. Probably should do anyway, even when it's in storage. But I'll get Caitlin's off in school half term next week. So probably Friday onwards we'll be off again and we might even get a full weekend somewhere or maybe a few locations in Scotland. So as yet undecided where that's going to be. So we'll see what the weather is like and what the other options are. So we'll have some audio for you um, in the next week or so. And maybe I'll mention geocaching to, to Caitlin, see if we can resurrect that little hobby. And uh, I'll be back in front of the microphone in another week or so. So thank you for listening, and if you're visiting Scotland, I know that it will be very soon that uh, Joyce and Carlo are coming over from Boston. I need to double, double check the dates and make sure I catch up with them. Must be, if not next week, soon after, I think the 10th or 15th of October rings a bell with me, so I'll uh, check that one out and uh, maybe get some thoughts from them on the podcast as well. So. I'll uh, catch up with you in due course. So in the meantime, stay safe and I'll speak to you soon.